Welcome to the CineScare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And together again, we reunited Joe with the, the, the fan favorite, the lovable, the adorable, the super fan. fan. What? Uber fan. Uber fan, super fan, Mr. Mark Biscati. Hi. Coming, aren't you? <laughs> Glad to be back, guys. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like we haven't been together for like a month or something like that, which basically I think we haven't all been together for a month. And yeah, then, yeah. I mean, it seems like we haven't done the show in a while because we record. We had to record the episode with our author, Mr. Patrick Ruman. We had to record that a week early, so it really feels like we haven't recorded I, in a long time. I know. Time. I forgot how to do all this. I and know. so did Mark, clearly. Yeah. We had technical issues. Technical <laughs> issues at the beginning. But now, Joe, you sound velvety, velvety smooth. The, oh, yeah. The Velvet Dream. Coming to you live from the Quad Cities. So, uh, before we, our theme this week, of course, is the home invasion horror film. Uh, but before we get to that, did anybody watch any? I know there's one thing I wanted to talk about that I saw, and it's not technically, well, it's not even not technically horror. But I do want to mention that I that I saw uh, the film. Uh, the Green Knight. This during the, in the last month, and I absolutely loved it. So if you get a chance to go see that, I, I know Mark, you saw it a few times, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw it uh, uh, twice. I I love this film. Um, it's it's fantastic. It's gorgeous to watch. Um, please see this film. It's so haunting and so beautiful to look at. Just the cinematography. Uh, Deb Patel's phenomenal. He carries the whole entire movie. Um, yeah, um, I believe they're uh, releasing it for one uh, day yeah. only. Um, I, I don't know when that's happening, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing it a third time. There, I believe it's, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'll have to look it up, but um, I, I believe they're releasing it on some streaming service for A24 on or I'm sorry, August 28th, and then it will be available pretty much anywhere else that you ever rent movies, like Amazon, uh, Blockbuster. You know, Apple, but, well, <laughs> <laughs> streaming, Joe, streaming. Oh, uh, sorry. Amazon, uh, Apple, you know, whatever, TV, all of those, it'll be, I think it's available on all of those on August 29th for one night only. And it's, a twenty dollar rental, but that's way less than you'd spend going to the movie theater. That's for sure. So, yeah. but it's especially with the outrageous price of popcorn nowadays. Oh, it's insane! It's insane. Oh, speaking of that, um, so I, um, I when I went to see the Green Knight uh, with my daughter and her boyfriend. Um, her boyfriend's into Dungeons and Dragons, so I, I love him even more for that. No, no, no. We went to see the movie theater. We went to the Marcus uh, Theater. And mockish, you didn't drag Paul mockish into this, did you? <laughs> but yeah, we went into the Marcus Theater. Uh, I paid mockish. cash and all that. You didn't drag Paul mockish into this, did you? Comedy comes in threes. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> so uh, I get up to the concession stand, and um, because when I go to the movies, it's like a ritual, right? I I, I get them the biggest uh, uh, popcorn you can get. You know, I get it halfway filled, put it up, put butter on it, then fill it up again, and then butter and salt and all that. You have a ritual, right? And I get a large soda. You pretty I, much described everyone's everybody's popcorn. No, 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 that's not true. <laughs> People do Twizzlers and candy and all that. I don't, I don't, I don't touch the candy. It's only popcorn and and soda. So when I go up there, um, they literally said, "Oh, well, you have to order online," and I'm just like, "What?" It's like. When did this happen? Oh, well, it's been, you know, since the COVID thing. And it's like, well, I mean, what? how do I get online? And then you have to do the app, the Marcus Theater app. Marcus? You didn't drag the whole Marcus <laughs> into this, did you? Come on, wait. Thank so, you. So <laughs> I literally uh, said, oh, well, where do you find the app? Well, you got to go on the app store and get the Marcus Theater. Don't. Marcus? Don't. Don't. <laughs> 
So, anyways, uh, and so like I'm on the app and I'm doing trying to find you. You have to say if you want salt on it or butter on it, and the movie's ready. The to nerve start. of those people! I know. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, it's like time's running out, and then there's a pickup time for it. For uh, it was uh, pickup time is, is at ten thirty. The movie starts at ten o'clock, and I'm just like, I don't have time. I don't want to like leave the theater to pick it up. Just going, well, this is what we have to do. It was such a pain in the butt. I said, no, just you know, forget it. And so I went into this movie without popcorn, and it kind of ruined, you know, my uh, my first experience of uh, the Green Knight. I. It's like, why can't you just give cash? It's like, what are you doing? Why do you have to make it so, so hard? But all right, so that's my story. That was a that was a that was a nail biter. That was a there. doozy, yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, it just ticked uh, me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have such a problem because I didn't get popcorn when I went to see it, uh, and it was really late. And my wife, I, I knew it was going to be a trouble for my wife because she she has. She has trouble staying awake when it's you know past ten or so, and uh, so she she fell asleep during it. But uh, she was like, I was so you know she was mad because she she really felt like she was missing out because she could tell it was a really good movie. But I loved it. I thought it was a masterpiece. Uh, it's not for everyone. I know a lot of people I've seen weren't fans of it, uh, but I I thought it was fantastic. And I was a, as a big fan of Arthurian legends, and I I was so into King Arthur growing up um, that uh, it I thought they did it perfectly. It was it was fantastic. So it's definitely yeah, it worth was, seeing. It not, was, it was, not horror, of course, but definitely worth seeing. It was, it was for the book directed by uh, David uh, Sorry, Lowry. Yeah. Uh, directed by uh, David Lowry, who directed uh, his past film was A Ghost Story with Casey uh, Affleck. Did you, right. uh, did you see that film? I have not seen that one yet, no. Yeah, I, I saw it before the grid. Uh, yeah. it's, it's spooky. It's false advertising. Yeah, it's, it's not mean, horror. It's, it's, it's supernatural. Yeah. But um, so I kind of knew, like going in, like he takes the director uh, David. He takes his time. Um, he'll go like Definitely three four burn. minutes. Yeah, he'll go three four minutes just with. Uh, oh, uh, just that beautiful. Kind of like scene. this segment. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> He but, directed uh, Mark's uh, review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. There, there was a scene where uh, uh, Deb uh, Patel's on his horse that's leaving the castle, and it's just you hear the clicks in uh, uh, on the cobblestone and on the rocks of the horse, and you just see him, and it's just so beautiful to look at. He just takes his time. He just yeah, takes no, his it's, time. It's definitely slow burned, definitely mm-hmm. an A24 kind of movie. Oh, uh, sure. It's art house for sure, but it, it there's some really interesting things about it, and and I, I the look, yeah, it's just the cinematography is amazing. Yeah, highly recommend it. Uh, Joe, did you see anything uh, uh, non-theme related this week? Yeah, I saw uh, a couple. I'm going to uh, shoot through them real quick because, honestly, none of them, maybe one, was worth uh, any time at all whatsoever. Uh, I did watch Blood Red Sky on Netflix, or as I like to call it, Zombies on a Plane, just like everybody else. Uh, it was terrible. Vampires on a Plane, I should say, not zombies, but... Um, don't bother watching that. Uh, it's a foreign film. I can't remember what it was in. I did watch it with subtitles, and it's still it. I it wasn't that I couldn't follow it. It's just the acting and the writing was terrible, and especially the acting. I I couldn't get past that. Uh, second one that I saw was The Call, and I believe I saw that on Shutter. Uh, that's got Lynn Shay. And uh, Tobin Bell, Lin Shea. Oh, yeah, is, I heard about this one. Okay. Uh, Tobin Bell was the guy from Saw, and Lin Shea right. is from... The, uh, Ooh. Insidious, she played the yeah, medium. Yeah, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. She was well, the yeah. teacher, I think. Right. Uh, anyway, it's about a bunch of high school kids that uh, constantly tormented Lin Shea's character, and eventually she dies, and the husband sort of puts them through a mental torture thing. And if they can get past it, they get like a whole bunch of money again really uh shoddy writing very shallow movie uh, i did not care for any of the characters there's very little character development it was kind of boring the favorite of the three of course was 
the 2020 movie Slacks, S-L-A-X-X. <laughs> um, it's, it's about a possessed pair of denim jeans that is trying to kill people. It is definitely a horror comedy movie. It definitely is self-aware. Uh, it's really trying to hold a mirror up to society, that type of thing. But it's just goofy fun. Uh, some of the kills are quite brutal. You know, I've never seen a pair of jeans kill anybody before, but this is not exactly what I had imagined. But that one, I, you know, if you're looking for a good laugh and some shocking horror, uh, give that one a shot. I don't expect a whole lot, but those are the three that I watched. It kind of se- <laughs> slacks. It it kind of sounds like that one movie I keep on uh, seeing pop up on, I think, uh, Netflix or uh, HBO, Killer Sofa. Oh, that- yeah. It, it, I haven't seen that, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It looks like Jaws, but with a soap. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, kind of like thinking about watching that just for the heck of it. I'll, I'll let you take the bullet for that one. You can watch that <laughs> right. one. And I watch Slacks. I've done my part. Joe or uh, Mark, did you see anything else this week? Or yeah, I saw uh, M Night Shyamalan's uh, Old. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, this movie is based off of a graphic novel uh, called Sandcastles. Um, M. Night uh, rewrote it, um, wrote the screenplay, I guess, or something. Um, uh, it's 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 a real shame with this film. Um, I didn't like it. Um, I love the premise of it. I love the idea, the story of old. It's about a family that goes uh, basically to this uh, vacation resort and... Um, they're invited to, uh, this, uh, beach cove with a couple other, uh, people and not slowly, but during the course of the film, everybody just starts aging and it's such a great idea and it's horribly executed. Uh, you got M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong showing up in the, in the film, um, of course, and it takes you right out. Right out when you see M. Night show up. Uh, he thinks he's Hitchcock, and he's not. Um, he, I don't know why he continues to think that it's a good idea to give him speaking roles and to have a, a very significant part in the film. Because when you're looking at him, like everyone that goes to an M. Night movie knows you're going to an M. Night movie, right? But when you see him in there, it just takes you out. He's not a good actor, in my opinion. And it just takes you out. Uh, some of the dialogue is so, so bad. It's like a seventh grader is, uh, or just myself writing a screenplay. Um, like One of the first uh, lines is that they're in this uh, van going to the resort and the family. And the mom just goes back and says, I can't wait to hear what you sound like when you're older. And I just slumped in my seat in the movie theater, just going, oh, here we go. This is going to be pretty bad. And it was, um, yeah, it's, I, I would wait until it's like on uh, Netflix or something to watch it. Don't go see it in the movie theater. So, yeah, yeah, old was not good. Yeah. Um, anything else, either of you? Nope. I just dove deep of, right into the hard and fast or hard and deep or whatever Mark says into the home invasion. Deep, deep and, and hard. hard. Deep yeah. and hard. Uh, well, then that brings us to this week's theme, uh, which I was not around much this uh, time, but I so I only watched one movie from this theme, but I, uh, I, I just wasn't able to watch much. But uh, I am very interested to hear what these guys say because this, this um, week's theme is home invasion horror, which is a genre that uh, I find pretty scary and can be very effective when it's done right. It's a very simple concept, right? It's, you know, it's usually people in a house and being uh, besieged by someone. Uh, So it's, it's not something that it doesn't require a whole lot. I would imagine that they could make one of these movies for very little money, but it can be really effective when it's done right. So having said that, uh, what what did you guys watch in this genre, Joe? Uh, sure, I'll go first. I watched the 2007 remake of Funny Games oh, yeah. with uh, Tim Roth and 
Nomi Watts. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I would like to point out that this actually is a remake of the Austrian film by the same name, also directed by the same director back in 1997. He did the first one, Funny Games. So who who makes a movie and then decides to remake it shot for shot 20 years later? Right. 10 years later. Sorry. Um, it also stars Michael, what's his name? Um, Michael Pitt. Michael Pitt, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I really enjoyed the premise of this. It's a rich, white, privileged family that are going to their summer home to launch their boat and start enjoying the summer months. And all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and there's a very polite, affluent, uh, young man dressed all in white with white gloves, uh, asking to come in. And it seems very harmless at the beginning. And then he starts to, uh, his welcome is worn out, uh, quicker than you would think because of several accidents that may have happened. Then all of a sudden his counterpart also joins them and next thing you know, the entire family, the husband, wife, and their son are now held captive in their own home and they cannot escape and nor do they have any idea why they're being held captive. And the two villains in this movie just continue to torture and torture this poor family. And I would like to point out that Tim Roth said that when he was making this film, just the making of it traumatized him so much. And he said he would absolutely never watch this film. And to the best of my knowledge, he has not. Hmm. But I, I would like to point out for as much as I like this film, there were two instances and I hope I'm not spoiling it, but I got to get into it or else I can't explain it. Two instances that bothered me. First of which they break the fourth wall like two or three times in this movie. And I don't really understand why four times, according to Mark, uh, I don't really understand why that was necessary at all. I just want to sit back from the safety of my own couch and watch how things just unfurl. I don't need to be asked questions. It's not a choose your own adventure. And then of course the second thing, which again, I'm going to stress this may be spoiling something, but one of the counterparts ends up getting shot fatally. And the other remaining villain then searches through the couch cushions for a TV remote, finds it, and presses the rewind button. And now all of the events that we just saw get rewound back to the, the point of contact. And then he presses play and he's able to swipe the gun away from Nomi Watts uh, in time before she can pull, pull it up and shoot one of them. I, it seems so bizarre. I, it was not necessary. We were going on a very realistic home invasion tour uh, of this family's uh, horror. And then all of a sudden this oddball supernatural never before mentioned remote control pops up and rewinds time and fixes everything to their liking. That part I could have done completely without. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Joe on that. Um, it, it doesn't need to be in there. Um, the fourth wall, it kind of, it, it does just take you out because he does the glances. Like, he'll stare right at you, like, at the camera. And the, when he first did it, I was like, is he just looking, you know? Or, you know, it's it's kind of like a game, you know, just like the title, Funny Games. But then when you get to uh, the remote control part, um, it's basically, um, I did a little research on it because like, I do really enjoy this movie. I think, um, the remake with, uh, Tim Roth and Naomi Watts is better than, uh, the 1997 version. I actually watched the 1997 version cause I thought maybe they would have done it di different by in like 15 minutes of going, oh my gosh, this is shot for shot, you know, just like Psycho was remade for, you know, the original Psycho. I was like, wow. And, um, Mark, so, not only was it shot for shot, but I found out that the guys that built the house or built the set direction the same for that, thing. it's, they use the same floor plan. Yeah. yeah. The same, uh, um, uh, rug or curtains. They had this, everything was the same. And I looked at the biography of this director and this guy's bio is like, he's like one of the greatest directors ever. And I was just like, wait, because it, 
it's basically why. Why are you going to do shot for shot, you know, 10 years later? It makes no sense. But um, so, it, like I said, I was doing research and why they did the remote control. And it was because they they wanted the audience to know that they weren't in charge, that he was still in charge. And he was sort of like a sore loser. Like, and there's there's the ending. I don't know, Joe, if you caught it when they're in the boat. After something happens, so I don't want to ruin it. And then they start talking about reality and um, movies at the end. Did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was kind of like, hey, you know, we maybe we should explain it a little bit. And it's kind of a cop out. Um, it's it's a really good film. It's I I suggest watching it just because of the acting. I think Michael Pitt's phenomenal and. Uh, Tubby, uh, his his, uh, his counterpart. counterpart. Yeah, uh, I I thought he was really good. Um, it's really tense. Um, also, Tim Roth didn't want to uh, see this movie because I guess uh, the boy who played his son looked very much like his son, um, like a carbon image or something. So yeah, he refuses to watch it. So yeah, I'd seen this one some years ago, and and I you know I was kind of mixed on it. I guess you know from what I've read the the reason that they did the the fourth wall breaking and the the rewinding and all of that is that uh it it is kind of an exercise in playing with the audience audience expectations playing with tropes you kind of know how I mean really when you come down to it when it comes down to it all these uh home invasion horror movies basically have the same formula somebody comes in and either the family fights back and and gets revenge or they don't you know such as in the strangers or whatever or they they fight back and get revenge like in what was it you're next and some of those other ones so it just depends and and so he was playing with the idea that uh the audience is really the monster and the fact that we love, we love going to see these movies. We, we, and why do we, and makes it, you know, makes you try to, or he wants, his point was to try to make people examine why they want to watch these movies in the first place. And, and then part of what we expect, he kind of turns on his head, on its head, you know, so for at one, at one moment you think you're about to get catharsis, and and so he t- rewinds it and takes that away. So I didn't, you know, I thought it was a little too cute and a little too cool for school at times. Um, yeah. But I mean, it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, and I like Michael Pitt a lot. Actually, I like Naomi Watson and uh, Tim Roth a lot too. But I think Michael Pitt is a great actor. So I think from what I've heard, he's very difficult to work with, but. Uh, he's, he's, he would have made a great Pennywise, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, from what I understand, he doesn't work that much because he's so difficult to work with. Uh, they k- killed him off in uh, uh, Boardwalk Empire uh, because everybody hated oh, him. Oh, that's right. He was in that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's definitely, a, it, it, you know, but it, because of the changes that the director did and, and the way that he went about, uh, you know, kind of turning the, you know, playing with tropes a little bit and turning tropes upside down. It's, it's definitely a home invasion movie, but it's, it's, it's also something different too. It's not quite that because it's really also about audience expectations and, and our thirst for blood, you know, uh, let's see, was that Joe's or was that Mark's? Oh yeah, that was Joe's. Uh, Mark, what did you watch? Uh, I watched, I don't know if this is a French film or an Italian film. Uh, I watched Inside. Have you guys heard of this film? Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, that is on my board, and I was going to watch it before my week went to hell. Um, And so I was planning to watch it. Oh, boy. Um, This is a nail-biting it's a cover it's French face. extreme, from what I understand. It's, it's it a French? French extreme, and it's uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's supposed to be. I haven't seen it yet, oh, so you man. can confirm it. But it's supposed to be pretty oh. hard to take. Oh boy, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, this is a cover face movie for me. Um, I was on the couch watching this, and I had my knees up to my face, and then there were points 
at time during this film, I was kicking at the TV going, stop, stop. Um, like, enough, okay, I get it. Um, I was, one time I said, where is the NPAA? But then it's a French film. They don't have that, right? Um, this movie's really good, though, Matt. Uh, I mean, uh, they don't pull any punches when it comes to the death scenes. Um, it's literally like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre for home invasions. Um, I paused this movie probably ten times today when I saw this. Um, I, I, I needed a breather. I needed to relax. It's relentless. It does not stop. Um, I, I can't even imagine if I saw this in the movie theater, I would have been squealing like a girl. I I don't... It's basically inside is about... It uh, starts off uh, with a car accident with a pregnant woman. Um, four months later, uh, she reco- she survives with the baby, but um, her husband uh, uh, dies in the car accident. But uh, four months later, uh, it's Christmas Eve. She's uh, she's gonna get um, uh, what do you call it when uh, it's uh, she's gonna be induced uh, on Christmas Day, and. So she's by herself at her like condo and she gets a knock on the door and then the chaos just ensues. Um, I haven't seen gore and um, just trauma. I don't think ever in a, in, in a movie, Matt, Joe, you guys, uh, this is a movie to see. It scared the heck out of me. Like I said, I paused it. I, this one traumatized me a lot. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm locking doors now watching Home Invasion. Um, this one, this one's for uh, not the weak, and I'm definitely weak. So yeah. highly recommend French, French invade or uh, French uh, extreme is is not easy to watch. Uh, is this a that? thing? Hi. Oh yeah, it's a genre, French extreme, and we uh, we. Oui, oui. And uh, <laughs> have you seen? Uh, high tension? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's that they're they're all high, like ultra violent, and uh, death scenes or torture scenes that are are really hard to take. It's where, really where torture porn in the United States came from. Like movies like Hostel, they really all were were very influenced by French extreme of the '90s and well, really 2000s. And movies like Audition, which is not French, but you know those kinds of movies where it's where the violence is really visceral and and brutal. Can yeah. we promise not to do uh, our next topic on French or Italian films, please? That was I actually going to be my suggestion. No, is that we no, do no, <laughs> French no, extreme no. films. Yeah, yeah no, we might please. have to French extreme. Yeah. No, no, guys, no, Mark. no. Yeah. Well, I have to watch it, Mark, because it's on my poster of 100 films. So. Oh boy. You- you have to uh, let me know, like right afterwards, when you see that, what you thought of it, because it's actually really creepy and very well done. It's, but boy, they do not pull back the punches. It's it's brutal. Oh. Well, thank okay. you, Mark, for that segue, because this yeah. leads me into uh, the movie, the one movie of this uh, theme that I actually was able to watch. And that was them, which is, I believe this was what 2007, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 2006. The French title was Eels, which means them, and it is also a part of the French extreme movement. But it's not; it is certainly not as as extreme as most French extreme films. It's about a couple. Lucas and Clementine, they live peacefully in their isolated country house. Uh, but one night they wake up to a strange noise and it, it's that kind of thing. It's very much, you can see that, what was the movie that Joe watched, The, the Strangers? You can see how The Strangers was heavily influenced by this movie. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this came out before The Strangers, but I could be wrong about that. Do you know what, what year that came out? Strangers was 2008. 2008. So, yeah, it was a couple years before this came out, 2006. I, you know, for all I know, they already had the Strangers in the works. It's hard to say. But this one, uh, it, it's not, it's, it is considered 
technically in the in that French extreme genre because it was it came out around that time when a lot of those movies were coming out like High Tension, like Inside, and some of the others, uh, Martyrs. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a whole bunch, and and they are they are jarring films to watch. They're very difficult to watch. But this one, the violence is a bit toned down. But it is, it's a couple, they have a, a, a country house, and suddenly one night, these people start coming to their home and making noise and kind of setting it up so that they can't leave. Of course, they cut off the, the phone lines and everything. Uh, so it's it's very difficult uh uh, it's a very difficult watch at, at first because I was expecting it to be French extreme. And then when it wasn't, I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's not that bad. Uh, but it, it's, it's the, you, you, when you find out who's doing the killing, it reminds me a lot of, of the strangers. Now I'm not, it's not a spoiler because they're not exactly like the people in The Strangers, but you get the kind of similar feeling. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know the French actors there. I, I imagine <coughs> that it's. Uh, I, I'd never seen these people before, so I imagine that they're French stars or whatever. But the director, there was a, two directors, David Moreau and Xavier Paloud, and. I have not seen anything else they've done, but it, it's a good one. I gave it three cuts or three saw blades or whatever it is we're saying. I'm not sure that it's it's a great film, and it's certainly not. It, it's definitely not a great film, but it's it's one that I, I think is definitely exciting. It's you know those movies when you're watching them, you're you're into it and you find them exciting. They may be tense, but then when it's over, you're kind of like oh. Well, that was kind of disappointing. That's the way it was for me. And I can't say that the ending was disappointing. It's just by the end, I was like, well, it was kind of a, a big nothing. But f for the feeling you have while you're in it, I, it's, hard, it's kind of hard to explain. But the feeling you have while you're in it is that it's very tense, very exciting. But at the end, you're kind of feeling left, left feeling a bit empty, really. So... Uh, Joe, what was the next thing you saw? Well, I, we're going out of a little of uh, my preferred order, but since you brought up The Strangers, we might as well talk about The Strangers. Uh, yeah. To me, this is the epitome of home invasion movies. This is the yeah. bar of which all other home invasion films need to rise up to. Uh, this is starring Scott Speedsman, uh, I believe of Felicity fame. And of course, Liv Tyler and from the Ring. Oh, oh, he played the boyfriend. Yeah. Oh. I so did this not is a uh, that. this this movie takes place, and I'm going to spend more time setting up this background than is even necessary, <laughs> which is why I like yeah, this film no so much. Yeah, because there's no background to it. <laughs> there's no background. Well, man. There, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, actually, there is. They try to establish so um, our our couple uh, Scott and Liv. You know, they were at a wedding reception and his plan was for them to come back to this cabin and he was going to ask her to marry him. And oh. that was going to be their little love nest for the night. And she declines. And so the r mood is ruined, but they're back at this little cabin out in the middle of nowhere. But like you just illustrated, that totally is irrelevant. That's what I love about this genre. You can pick up any home invasion movie without setting a background of any character, no character development. It's not necessary. It doesn't matter because whoever that person is, it's you. All you do in a really good home invasion film is you sit there and you start thinking, what if that happened to me? Right. Like Mark with the bat, you know, yeah. watching all these films because everybody thinks about it. You, you know, sooner or later there's going to be, a little tap at the glass or a knock at the door. You're going to hear a strange sound. And then all of a sudden your world is going to change. And this movie does it phenomenally. Yeah. Yeah. You've got three masked faceless characters that are trying to kill these people relentlessly all night long. And whatever decision they made, it's the wrong one. Although, like I said, most of those decisions are ones that I would have made there. There is one, one part in this movie 
that I had an issue with that I was thinking, all right, if I was that guy, would I have reacted the same way? I, I think nine, I, I think I'm going to pick the same thing you're going to do. Yeah, 99 times out of 100, I, the answer would have been yes. I probably would have done the same thing he did. Although I know how to shoot a gun. This guy never picked up one in his life. But they try to escape in this vehicle, and they're getting rammed uh, by one of the villains in a mask, this girl, by his beat-up old pickup truck, and smashes into the back of their car. Out of the three villains, this girl that's driving the truck is no more than maybe 105 pounds. I personally would have gotten out of my vehicle that she just rear-ended, and I would have went over and pulled her out of that truck and taken the the truck and left that way. But they don't. They decide to run away, and I get it. You know, I'm sitting in my the comfort of my own home watching this film. I'm not actually in that scenario, so you never can exactly say what you would do. But in my opinion, that's the only thing that seemed a little unrealistic. He didn't give it that one last try. But yeah. other than that, this this movie is, in my opinion, the the top of the heap. Uh, one other thing I want to point out: Liv Tyler's dad, of course, Steven Tyler, uh, from Aerosmith. He was in a band before Aerosmith when he was a teenager, and the name of that band, Aerosmith, the, the Strangers. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I Look know. at that. I thought maybe he, I thought maybe he, he, he named, I thought it was a trick question and maybe he named two bands Aerosmith. No, two in a row. That <laughs> no, it was uh, yeah, it was originally oh. in a band called The Strangers. Yeah, Joe, uh, what what you were saying with uh, uh, the gun part too is because you put yourself in that kind of situation, you know, when you watch these home invasions. And what's what's scary for me is I don't know how to load a gun. Um, I don't own a gun. Um, it, I, I, I watch, you know, people in movies, you know, load a gun and, you know, cock back the hammer and all that and shoot it. But I've never fired a gun. So uh, I thought the great part was when they were looking for bullets or uh, what do you call them uh, for a shotgun? Shells. Yeah. See, this is why I'm oblivious. <laughs> I don't even know what to call them. Shotgun bullets. Uh, I mean, shotgun shells. Shells. Yeah. Shells. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, but he's trying to put the shotgun together and ask, the, you know, how do I do this? And she says, what, you know, what do you mean, how do you do this? And I, I thought you went uh, hunting with your dad. And he said to her face, uh, no, that's, that's never what I did. It's just something it's I something said. something I said. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. That you was, idiot. You idiot. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I mean, it, but that's. That's character development right there. I mean, I mean, this is where the writers do their job. I mean, it, there's three lines that made you care for the main two characters even more and made the characters more believable, not to mention the fact that uh, when it's all said and done in a highly stressful situation, it's, it just makes the movie fantastic. I mean, I mean, that's what a great horror movie is, uh, to make the audience care about the characters. I mean, that's kind of like the number one rule. If you don't care about the characters, it's not scary. And I just love that scene in the closet where he's just fumbling around, and and she just said, you know, they're going to get married. And, and she just looks at him and going, I was going to maybe marry him. But, I mean, he's got all these, like, little lies in the background, and it just came out. He's going, hey, look, it's just something I said. And it's just a great scene. It was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And I, I got to point out, just to hop on the whole topic we were talking about before, about how you don't really need a backstory, uh, I just want to point out, without spoiling anything, uh, the Glenn Howerton uh, cameo that's in there. He plays Dennis on It's not, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's oh, their that's friend right. That comes that's to him. check on them. Yeah. Um, that character is introduced two-thirds of the way into the movie. We know absolutely nothing about this guy. Something happens to him, and you just feel so sick to your stomach yeah. because of what happens to this guy. And uh, it's it, we didn't we didn't know anything about this character at all. He's on screen for like three minutes. And it's a great shot where he's going down the hallway, and he does a little glance to the back. And then he doesn't look all the way back because someone's behind him with yeah. carrying something. And you just know he's just compressed in this one scene. You know he's screwed. And the tension just rises and rises. And you think, well, is it going to happen? 
and, or is that going to happen? And it's just a great scene. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah any time where I see Liv Tyler just standing there with her, her big doughy eyes just gazing off into the distance, and then over her shoulder, like 10 feet behind her, you see the mask of one of the killers uh, yeah. without making a noise. It's just so unnerving. Yeah. It's a, that's what, you know, one of the reasons I liked Halloween too, is it's the stalking, right? It, that happens. And, and, uh, in Halloween, you have the same thing. You've got the girl babysitting and then you'd see a face outside the sliding glass door, or you'd see him standing in the shadows. That, that stalking part of it is what sets you, sets you up for it. And this yeah. movie is, is really about its tension. It's, it's about the atmosphere that's set up. And I think there was a scene where she's walking through the room or something. And that guy with the, with the mat, with the, what is it? Uh, It's like a, it's like an old uh, potato case or potato potato sack sack type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's just standing in a, in the doorway, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, in the background. And it's just, it's great creepiness and very effective. And then of course, at the end, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's not a, you know, this is, it's not an easy movie to take. Um, and I know there's a sequel before anybody chimes in. I'm just scared to death to watch it because I hold that movie, the original strangers on such a high pedestal. I'm afraid that if I watch the sequel, it will, you know, yeah. Ruin, I, ruin I would highly, I would suggest you not watch the sequel ever. Okay. So I the sequel disagree. doesn't exist. I disagree. I did watch, uh, the strangers pray at night. Uh, it's 2018. Um, and I, it's my fault. Horrible. Hang on, hang on a second. Um, uh, I like to recant on something. Um, the actor Scott Speedman was not in the ring. Uh, the actor who is in The Strangers Pray at Night is in uh, the sequel. Oh. Uh, Martin Henderson is from the ring. His name's Martin Henderson, and he was in the ring. And um, I actually enjoyed this movie. I, I didn't think it was that bad. No, it's not as good as uh, The Strangers. Of course not. But there's a different kind of energy to it. It's not a tongue-in-cheek. The actors aren't really as great. But, I mean, Liv Tyler, she's not my favorite actress, but she's great in The Strangers. Um, but the actors, Is she in the sequel? No, she's hmm. not. Um, I, yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would actually think about watching it, Joe. Like maybe not like right away, since you just. I would watched think about Stranger. watching it and then decide not to. Joe. Decide no, not to, no, yeah. absolutely not. There's a. This is actually a very covenant um, on Twitter. People love uh, this sequel. Um, there's a great um, like five minute scene, uh, a pool scene, and I know that sounds weird. Like with the strangers with the pool scene, it's got some neon lights. I know that sounds weird, you know, but it's. It's a great action scene. Um, it's scary. Uh, the kill scenes are great. It's, I, it's, it's more. Uh, how do I say? Uh, it's yeah. It's not as good, but I I really enjoyed it. I was like bouncing up in my you know couches, going, "Hey, this isn't too bad." I really enjoyed it. That I know what scene you're talking about. You're talking about the scene in the pool with yeah. the uh, oh god uh, with the what, what is it? What song are they playing? Turn Around Bright Eyes Turn or Around, whatever. yeah. Turn Around Bright Eyes. It, that is the one good set piece in the whole movie, and, it, and it's completely unearned. By that it's a point, great scene, By Matt. that point, I was like, this movie hasn't earned this scene. It's just they, they set up this scene with, you know... It with earns sort it of a, a little bit. With, with sort of a retro uh, feel to it, and it just it felt like... They were just trying anything they could. I, I really didn't like this movie at all. It, it In fact, it made me mad because I love the first one so much uh, that, that this one, I, I give it one and a half stars. I know there are some people who absolutely love it, and I, I don't get it unless they're just easily hoodwinked by uh, uh, by director's trickery and, and hip aesthetic. Uh, is it the same director? I believe it is the same director. Is it the same director? I believe it might be. I'm, actually, let me look. Um, That's uh, his name is. I don't no, know. I just. I have the words. I don't know what to do. I'm always in the dark. We're living in a powder keg and giving off sparks. Stuck in my head now because you guys had to mention Turn Around Bright Eyes. <laughs> that song. That song is going to have to be. 
playing underneath this segment while we're talking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get that out of my head. Right. <laughs> no, no. It's just, you know, Joe, I, I'm going to say don't listen to Matt on this one. I say give it a whirl, not right away, but give it a whirl when you say, oh, I don't know what I want to yeah, watch. Yeah, but you like Corey Feldman. No, so listen. Yeah, it's listen. very Corey Feldman, Joe. <laughs> oh. it's, no, it's not. It is not Corey Feldman. It is not a Corey Feldman film. It's, I mean, it, it, I, this deserves say, a higher praise than what Matt's saying right now. If you love the first one that much, I think you're risking a lot by watching the second one. Now, I may it's have, more fun. I, I, you may find it better than me, and you might be like, okay, well, it's not that bad. So maybe I'm doing you a favor by downplaying it, but I, I really wanted to love this, and I had heard from some people uh, that it's good. I. I wanted to punch the movie at the there's, end of this movie. There's a I wanted homage. to punch this movie right, in the face. No, there's no, no, no argument. There, no, Any no, movie no, that Matt wants to punch in the face, I'm no, not going to watch. No, there's a homage. There's a Christine uh, homage uh, scene where... Uh, homage? Homage, yeah. And uh, it, they got a burning uh, truck you know, going after her. Uh, there's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of like uh, homage. Homage? Homage, yeah. Homage, yeah. At, at the end... Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. I know you want. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's 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 just more fun. It's it's a sequel. It's a sequel, and it's a fun sequel. Yeah, it's Godfather too. Oh, yeah, it's gosh. it's not. I I I mean, it's I, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, there's all of those things he said. A lot of homages to different things, but they're yeah. all just individual set pieces, kind of connected by. Hey, remember this really cool movie that we didn't make? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Kids look at Matt, this! You know, look at this really cool movie that we can copy. No, yeah. Look, I mean, Matt, let's bring the shark just, in. Can't, Matt? Can't you just watch a horror movie and just have fun? Yeah. Look, yeah. I, ultimate, yeah, totally. I can, but yeah, like, this wasn't like fun slacks. Okay. I didn't have fun with it. I you thought literally it was, wanted to punch the TV. It was. That I did. Bad. I wanted to punch this movie in the face. I, okay. It was. It really bugged me. Um, I, I think we're we're ready to move on to the Holy Trinity. But you know what, Joe? Actually, I was going to say one more thing. The director okay. of the original Strangers was Stephen Tyler. <laughs> no, not the band. Not the band. Oh, sorry. Uh, the movie. He was the same guy who directed Dark and the Wicked. Oh, yeah, which I loved. Yeah, I did. Loved he it also too. direct the Stranger to uh, Strangers Two. I don't think Electric so. Electric Boogaloo. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Strangers Two, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, oh man, see it in theater. What actually? Turbo. Let me look at this because I think he get it at your see. local blockbuster. <laughs> uh, let's see, The Dark and the Wicked. Okay, yeah, that's that's. It was directed by Brian Bertino. I couldn't remember his name. He directed The Strangers, and then there's a movie called Mo The Monster that I've heard is pretty good. And he also directed one called Mockingbird with a clown on the cover. So I'm I'm kind of curious to go see Love those. Love clowns, but, but uh, he he obviously doesn't make a lot of movies. So. The Monster was that um, kind of like a found footage, or am I thinking uh, of another? It's. A mother and her 10-year-old are trapped in a forest, and there's something in it. Nope, something that's not the one I'm thinking of. Unlike anything they have heard before, something that lurks in the darkness, and it's coming after them. So By the way, what? Be before I forget, that I think you just stumbled on a potential new show topic, is clown horror. Um, oh, that could be, yeah, yeah. I, oh, and I, by the way, Joe, or Mark, uh, The yeah. Monster, directed by the guy who directed the original... Uh, the strangers, strangers, Brian Bertino, Scott Speedman is in this movie too. So, Joe, what was your holy trinity that you wanted to get to? Well, uh, the holy trinity in this genre, I think, is uh, the blind man, the deaf woman, and the agoraphobe. Uh, we've got Don't Breathe from 2016, yeah. where there's a home invasion on a blind guy. Yep. There's also in 2016, there's Hush, which is a home invasion on a deaf mute girl. Yep. And then, of course, in 2015, there's The Intruders, or I'm sorry, just Intruders, uh, which is a home invasion film with an agoraphobe, a woman that cannot leave her own home. And I was still wondering, what, how many more afflictions do we need to start picking on yeah. to make home invasion movies? We could have one for Piscati. Yeah. <laughs> This Piscati is left home alone. Mentally challenged, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. 
Uh, yeah, no, I, well, if you want to start off with, uh, don't breathe, I thought that was a fantastic, the original was fantastic. I, mm-hmm. I've heard very mixed things. In, in fact, I've heard not great things, not great things about the, the sequel. Uh, Did you see the trailer for that? It looks like a diehard trailer for crying out loud. When he's yeah, like, it didn't, it, I wasn't keen on it, but you know, Sam Raimi had made a big, big statement about it saying what a great idea it was the best idea for a sequel he'd ever heard was so he producing it, it or something to say that be. or i don't know if he, he is or not be. but must be if he if he said that but it but so that kind of tipped me off to that it might be good but it, it from what i'm under i haven't seen it yet but from what i've been reading it's not very good but the first one is one that we're all talking about. And did you watch that one this week, Joe? I had never heard of Don't Breathe until I started seeing commercials for the sequel, and the sequel seemed intriguing, so I made a point to go look at the original. And I got to say, it was a surprise. I really enjoyed this film. It really got dark a lot towards the end. Um, but this is starring uh, Stephen Lang as the blind man. Uh, and then there's this group of three kids... Uh, it's Jane Levy, who you guys might know from Zoe's uh, playlist or whatever it is on TV. Uh, no, she was also no. in the remake of Evil Dead, uh, which I did like. I, um, I like that. I love the remake. Dylan Minnette from 13 Reasons Why and Daniel Zavato, who I don't, I've never seen him in anything before. But these three teenagers are always on the lookout to try to break into people's homes and um, steal their belongings so they can cash it in and hopefully someday leave Detroit, which they cannot stand living in. And the the ease of their break-ins is one of the kid's father uh, works for a security company, and this kid has the keys and the codes to get into these people's houses. Uh, of course, when they're leaving, they usually throw a brick through the window so that it looks like a smash and grab break in and not somebody that had access to the codes because they don't ever want to get that kid's dad in trouble because that will end their heist ring. But their uh, match is made, I guess is how you'd say it, when they break into the home of a gentleman who is blind, which they thought would be a real easy take. And they had heard that his daughter, I believe, was killed in a car accident somehow, uh, and he had won a huge settlement. They thought he had like $300,000 in the house. So they decided to try to break in one night. Come to find out, the blind man is uh, some surprises in store for them. He's not disabled by any way, shape, or form, and uh, suspense ensues. It's It was a really good movie. I had never really... I uh, anticipated some of the dark twists that I really don't want to give away because this is definitely a movie that I recommend people to go see and be cautious about the sequel as we're learning tonight. So yeah, I thought I thought that this one was really tense, had a just a great uh, just great pacing and and great setups. It, it, would you? I love these movies that can take one setting and and one premise and just turn it into just complete tension. And that's, that's what this kind of thing was. It's, it's obviously like pretty much every other home invasion horror movie. It's one setting. Uh, but this one has the added bonus of, of the, the bad guy being a deaf and, and really almost, you know, there's, it's sort of ambiguous. Who's the bad guy here, you know, really, which I yeah. loved about this. You're yeah. rooting about it. Yeah. Are are the main characters that you're following are these three kids, but you you quickly forget these are juvenile delinquents that are committing a crime, and you start rooting for them. Right. But yet, put yourself in that guy's shoes. He's going to do whatever he can. You should be rooting for him. Right. But he turns out to be the villain. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, but it's great. It's a, a really good. Did you watch this one too, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. I I watched it. Um. I, I I think where it comes with him as a villain, I never really thought of him. Well, yeah, I mean, he is kind of the villain. I mean, to to the extremes that he goes to with these kids is a little bit excessive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I love this film. I I love how it's shot. Uh, yeah, like Matt said and Joe, uh, the tension's great. It's it's just a great film. I'm really really nervous about seeing uh 
um, the sequel. Um, I was going to go to it, but uh, it's only playing at the Marcus Theaters, and I refuse to go to the Marcus Theaters. Marcus? You didn't drag Paul Marcus into this, did you? <laughs> he got lost in his own museum. <laughs> He's not up to the task. <laughs> Uh, okay, so well, we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. Uh, okay, it Mark, what is, in a museum. <laughs> what what uh, uh, movie did you watch, Mark? Um, uh, with Joe's uh, recommendation, well, um, I just wanted to watch uh, some films that uh, Joe watched, so I watched The Collector for the first time. Uh, it's a 2009. Uh, oh yeah, movie. is that the one where the cover is the like the back of a guy's yes. head and he's tying like a mask yep. on or something like that? I've always wanted to check that one out. Yeah, it's... Mark, that that was not one of my recommendations. Okay, I have not seen that movie. Wait, you said you saw it? Is it? No, I saw Hush and Intruders. It's the collector's on there. I could swear it's on. There. Is it? Is it Home Invasion? It always it seemed is, to me like a slam. I, I I did see it on a list of Home Invasion. Oh, okay. Oh, I. Oh, okay. Well, I watched the. Oh, collector. that was my original list of suggested movies to watch. But if you were referring to, like yesterday when you asked me what I watched, that was not one. I never oh, got to that one. Okay, no. yeah. Okay, well, it's a 2009. It is a home invasion film, and uh, uh, it starts with credits. Uh, starts with a little bit of a seven-five intro. It's got a little bit of techno. It's got the pages turning and collection of bugs and other collections. Had a real seven uh, vibe to it. Uh, it's basically uh, about a kind of like uh, don't breathe. Uh, it, it's a uh, oh I'm blanking. Basically, a, a cat burglar uh, is going into a home. He's uh, going to break into a safe. Uh, family wasn't supposed to be there. You find out some of the families there. Um, there's this uh, menacing uh, collector guy, and um, it's it, it, it's it's a good movie. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Home Alone, where there's uh, traps. He sets traps, and there's razor blades, and there's uh, knives and chandeliers that falls down. It's 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 not a bad uh, film, um, but yeah, it's it's, it's more of a, a cat and mouse game. I, I recommend it. it. It was it was fun to watch. It, it was definitely a, a nice cleanser after uh, the inside. Let me tell you. What was that one again? Oh, you said the collector. That's the collector. Right. I have to check that out. That I didn't. I, I always it was thought always that was intriguing. I always thought it, that was it like is a intriguing. slasher. No, it's it, it's it's a fun film to watch. But if if all the films that I have to recommend that you guys haven't seen, it has to be the inside. I really want you guys to watch this because I really want to know. Uh, your reactions to it. Joe's probably just going to crack open a fresca and say, yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. It yeah. probably won't affect him at all. But is that, is I that what you I, do, Joe? I don't typically drink fresca. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to it. It's just I don't know why out of all drinks he would pick that. I'm more That's of a cherry funny. Pepsi guy. Yeah. That's funny. I, uh, I think it, Matt's going to get scared out of his mind for it. All yeah. right. I'll check it out. Um, well, Matt is a bit of a scaredy pants. I am. I get scared <laughs> so, so easily. Yeah. I, I would probably want to mention also a movie that I had intended on revisiting this week, and that was Your Next. Did, have you guys seen that mm. one? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. I, I highly recommend it. It's got a little bit of a couple different things in it. It's definitely, I, I think it fits under Home Invasion quite well, but it also has a little bit of revenge in it, and, and, and then there's also sort of a mystery to it as well. Uh, and it's the one, I believe it's the one where the the invaders have on animal masks mm -hmm. or something like that. That's a yeah. good one. I do recommend that one. And well, I guess I think that brings us to the end of our, we're almost at an hour. Uh, and I don't think unless anybody else saw something else, uh, I think that brings us to the end. I, I do just want to briefly recap. We only touched on one of the Holy Trilogy, but uh, Hush from 2016. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Home Invasion film about a woman who is a deaf mute. Uh, my only issue with that is the villain's choice of weaponry, which is a crossbow, which I will go to my grave saying it's the dumbest weapon ever because it takes <laughs> way too long to reload. Uh, I also wanted to bring to up... Right? Yeah, it's not yeah, easy either. I mean, the whole reason that they were made in the first well for one thing they aim better easier than a regular bow but they the point of them was to shoot uh uh through to shoot armor. once 
I tried yeah. to shoot a bow and arrow, and I couldn't even bring the bow back to my I, And see, honestly, a compound bow in that scenario would have been so much more beneficial. Yeah. Because the bad thing about a, a crossbow, you shoot it once, and if you miss, whatever you were aiming at is now charging at you. Yeah. And good luck trying to reload. Did well, you like it, though, Joe? Oh, yeah. Great movie. Sorry. It. Didn't mean to I get sidetracked. Yeah. But, yeah, I really liked Hush. And uh, Intruders... Uh, it's about another home invasion film, uh, about a woman who's an agoraphobe. And so that's her biggest downfall is there is a scene where they actually chase her towards the front door, which is wide open and she cannot leave. Yeah. So she's trapped inside this house with three invaders. Uh, but she, there's a little table turning going on there. That one was actually quite a surprise. I kind of like that one. You would think that even a, an agoraphobe if intruders were in their home would, would find the, uh, you know, at least the survival mechanism within themselves to leave the house. You would think, but I don't know. Watch but then the movie. I guess it wouldn't make a very convincing. good movie if, if the person just left. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst home invasion movie. Yeah. Somebody comes in and they just leave. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> the end of that one. They get yeah. over their fear of leaving and they leave. Right. It's just, yeah. yeah, I guess that wouldn't work. But I, I could have left this whole time. I would like to see a home invasion movie instead of it. Uh, the house being secluded from other houses. I would love to see a home invasion movie where houses, like in a suburb, where there's other people where they have to keep it quiet and condensed. Where people you mean like in your screaming. apartment? No, don't say that. <laughs> yes. Well, filming I, next week. What was yeah. the What was the second one you said of the Holy Trinity? Hush. 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 Oh yeah. On, and and that one, yeah. of course, is directed by Mike Flanagan, who love him. directed. Uh, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep, Lizzie or not Lizzie's? What's Gerald's Game? Mm-hmm. And he directed, I believe, both seasons of The Haunted, haunt, ha- The Haunting of Bly Manor, and The Haunting of Hill House. Didn't he Netflix. direct uh, 1923 too, or was that somebody else? The Stephen King. That I don't think he directed that one. Okay. Yeah, produced, yeah, I don't think he did. I don't think he did, but he did. I, I loved Haunting of Hill House was so good. I, and I, I have thought, yet to I, see that. It's fantastic. It's a series, of course, yeah. but it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And of course, Haunting of Blind Manor, I think was okay. I think I liked. I think he's just a really strong director. And of course, Hush, I think was terrific. Great. So, uh, I, yeah, I he would, did. He did Oculus. He did Hush. He did Before oh, I Wake. Oculus. He did, he did Oculus. He did Gerald's Game, did The Haunting of Hill House, and Doctor Sleep. He did not do the 1923. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I I really liked Oculus too. I thought it was yeah. pretty good. It, I I thought it was going to be scarier than it was, but it had a cool like what was it like almost like a time travel aspect to it, right? And yeah. so there was some weird time travel logic. I thought, but it I really enjoyed it, and it had uh, I can't remember her name now as the main. Uh, lead, I think, and I think she's an underused actress. But the the girl from the first uh, Jumanji remake, I can't remember her name. Kristen Dunst. No, uh, she's not in Jumanji, is she? The remake. She was in oh, the, the original remake. Oh, I never saw the remake. Yeah, the the reboot or remake or whatever it is is actually pretty good with The Rock, and yeah. I prefer it. Yeah. I I do too. I do. Throw too. stones at me, but I prefer that one. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I thought it was funny. We had Jack Black. Um, We're not allowed to talk about other movies, other than horror. Remember when oh, I tried oh. to bring up Blade Runner? Joe castites me. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, I, but I, I like that actress. You? <laughs> Meow. Shit. All right. Lay well. Up. I think that's it, folks. We did it for the one another week, and I don't have a ghost story. So please, people, send us ghost stories. Send us your your or even your home invasion story. I don't want anything yeah. to. <laughs> oh, I want to hear those. Send me yeah. those. I mean, I might want to hear them, but I don't know. That that, that gets a little too personal. That would be kind of hard to put sound effects behind. It, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of hard to make that funny, too, because it, yeah. I would imagine that the person sending it would be pretty traumatized. But I would be up for the challenge. Oh <laughs> we'll see if it's appropriate. You put some slide trombones in anything, and it makes it funny. <laughs> well, let's. how about we stick to hauntings and possessions, <laughs> yeah. all right? And, and then all right. we can go from there. Domestic abuse. Yeah. 
So next time we will have another theme in two weeks. And uh, I'm hope- still suggesting clown horror. Oh. Clown whores. What are you talking about, Joe? Clown horror. Oh, clown horror. <laughs> clown horror. Right. I, oh, I still yeah. think we'll we'll discuss that off. All right. Off yeah, air, we could talk about it. I, sure. Yeah. Uh, there aren't a lot. I mean, I guess there are a lot of. Oh, I think there's movies. more than you think. Yeah, yeah but there's there's, there's a lot of bad think. ones, Joe. Yeah, I know a whole <laughs> lot of bad <laughs> ones, which is why he's suggesting it. I'm sure. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Well, isn't it my turn to pick? <laughs> uh, actually, who picked Invasion Horror? You did. I, no. I Joe don't know. did. Yeah, I think I, I think Joe I did. did. And I picked, I don't know what I picked, Jaws? We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. We could be having this conversation this off This is the riveting air. for the audience, yeah. <laughs> riveting stuff we've got going on here. All right, people. And please uh, go to www.cinescarehorror.com and look at the merchandise that has been designed by our resident uh, graphic designer, marketing genius mr joe jans it's amazing he has, guys he's designed some new stuff if you have not seen our advertising or our uh, seen our pages on facebook he's designed some new stuff some of it there's some really cool leggings with our logo kind of the shining rug put into the shining carpet right yeah and he designed a, a really cool one for Friday the thir- that is based on Friday the Thirteenth called yes. Sinuscare the Thirteenth, right? And then he did one for Halloween, uh, that, which that, is beautiful. It is fantastic, and it it uh, it sort of is a play on the original Halloween poster with the knife coming down. Well, it's his take on that. It's fantastic. I think Show's you're gonna. Oh, yeah. Joe's great. And, of course, we've got the tried and true. We've got the Cinescare Jaws merchandise, which Mark is wearing right now, and it looks fantastic. He's got the... It's hoodie. really soft. Go for the French Terry. You look marvelous. French, French, is that Terry. French That's French this Terry? This is the French Terry, and it, it's so uh-huh. soft, guys. It's really, really nice. Yeah, and these, oui, things, oui. these things are high quality, too, by the mm-hmm. way. These are great. And my, t- my Cinescare t-shirt is... I love it. I love the Cinescare t-shirt. So. Yeah, mine has survived at least three washings. Yeah, mine has so too. And, are, and holding strong. Yeah, yeah. mine's in I'm great shape. I'm wearing the hell out of my clothes. Uh, and, my friend yeah. Iski had it, and he said... <laughs> yes, that, you are, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> my friend Iski got the uh, Cinescare t-shirt, and he said it, it fits perfectly, and it's a great material. Um, so if you are in in need of some horror merchandise as we come closer to fall, by the way, I, my 12-foot skeleton from Home Depot arrived. Oh, you lucky bastard. Yesterday. Oh, and, I want a picture. Yeah. Uh, once we get it set up, which I'm, I think we're going to hold off until September to set it up, but yeah, we will set it up and I'll take pictures of it. But it's, I'm, I'm excited. Very it's like excited. 60 days to Halloween, isn't it? Right now? Yeah, I think it's like 60 days. I'm pretty sure that October 18th is not Halloween. Okay. I was close. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good Good night, night, everybody. everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good night. We will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night.